It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can follow all of the website content at LockedOnPackers.com. It is Expert Tuesday. Alex Patakis from Acme Packing Company Podcast is here to join us to talk about Brett Hundley, to talk about the defense, to talk about all of the different things from this Bears game, and then we'll move forward. Baltimore Sun reporter Jeff Zrabich is going to be on the show tomorrow to break down the Baltimore Ravens as part of Opponent Wednesday. This is an uncommon opponent, so I think this is a really important week. This is a really important podcast for anyone who is unfamiliar with the Ravens, which frankly, is is probably 98% of Packers fans. Unless you live in the mid-Atlantic region, you probably don't know much about this Baltimore Ravens team, aside from the fact that they're not great. Before we get to Alex, there is some news that came out of the Monday press conference with Mike McCarthy and some of the reporting that's been out there. Aaron Jones has an MCL injury. Three to six weeks is the report from Adam Schefter. Mike McCarthy confirmed In his press conference on Monday, this is a multiple-week injury for Jones, but not a season-ending injury. So it's a knee sprain. It's not the worst kind of knee sprain. Not an ACL. Not a meniscus. This is an MCL. He could be back December. He could be back the same time a certain other important offensive piece could be back. Now, the thing is, Ty Montgomery played really well in his first extended action since breaking his ribs. He had the touchdown run. He looked decisive. He looked slippery. He looked excellent as a runner for the Packers against the Bears. Mike McCarthy said on Monday that Ty has a chance to play this week. If he doesn't, Jamal Williams is going to be the lead back. I think it's it's not just possible, but likely Devontae Mays is active. Randall Cobb can can provide some some production in the run game, but he's not someone you want to give even five or six carries to, I don't think. I mean, I think he's he's someone that you put in a package like the Packers did against the Bears with a wildcat package, and maybe he gets three carries, and it's just something fun that you kind of do. If he gets eight or ten carries, your run game is in serious trouble. So they don't have to do that. Just putting a bow on this last week, Carolina beat the hell out of the Miami Dolphins on Monday. They they go to 7 and 3. 
the first week Aaron Rodgers is back and eligible to play football is the Panthers week. The Packers get Carolina in Carolina. I don't think the Panthers are a great team. Even with Brett Hundley, that's a winnable game to me. But as we'll discuss with Alex, there's at least three, not just winnable, but but should win games for Green Bay on the schedule the rest of the way. And that those are like, Green Bay should win. Baltimore at home, Tampa Bay at home, Cleveland on the road. Those games should be wins. That gets them to eight. They have Minnesota at home. They've got Carolina on the road. They've got Detroit on the road. They've got Pittsburgh on the road. I don't think, given the way Pittsburgh has played this year, that that is a a cross-off. There's no cross-offs left. Let's just, let's, just, let's just be there. Green Bay can win any game left on its schedule. Doesn't mean they will, but they can. Especially if the defense plays up to its level of talent, if the run game continues to produce, and if Brett Hundley can, can make four or five plays a game. Here we are. Let's do this. And if Aaron Rodgers can get back, all bets are off. I don't want to I don't want to get too bogged down in that, but but that's a real thing. Before we get to Alex, I want to give you just a brief primer on the Ravens. They're very very similar, especially offensively to the Bears. 28th in passing DVOA, 14th in rushing. The Bears were 31st passing and 16th in rushing. The difference is Joe Flacco will throw you the ball more than Mitch Trubisky. Flacco has has for a solid two-plus years now, been a little bit more risky with the ball, a little bit more loose with the ball, frankly, and he will turn it over. The Packers have been tremendous stopping the run the last few weeks. If they can stop the Ravens' run game, they can beat the Ravens. The Ravens have a better defense. The Bears were 10th against the pass, 15th against the run. Ravens are 2nd against the pass, 16th against the run. A little bit worse against the run, but but essentially the same, but better against the pass. Okay, if the Packers continue to run the ball with the success that they have had in the Brett Hundley tenure, I guess that's what we're going to call it, they can win. And I think expecting that Joe Flacco, I mean, Mitch Trubisky threw the Packers defense a couple passes, and in the rain, they weren't able to make the plays. Blake Martinez had the diving interception on a great play. He's not able to finish it. Kevin King in position to make a pick. It bounces off. Josh Jones has a chance to make it too. He can't. There was another play late in the game that a tip pass, if it if the tip doesn't happen, Demarius Randall has a walk-in pick six. I think the Packers are going to be able to get turnovers against Baltimore. They're going to be able to create defensively, and they're going to do enough in the run game to get a win. That's just how I feel looking at it long view. I have not I have not broken the Ravens down. I haven't watched any sort of tape. I've I haven't watched the All 22. I I have watched the the Packers Bears game back. Brett Hundley played better in the second half than I even remembered. And the defense frankly played better than I remembered. Devon House had a rough game, but that'll happen. You play man coverage. I think the Packers have to play man and just live with the results. That's how I feel. Before we get to Alex, I want to remind you that the NBA season is in full swing now and Locked on Bucks provides incredible insight into the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis. They make the Eric Bledsoe trade. 
they are right in the thick of it in the Eastern Conference, and and Milwaukee sports fans are all about it. If you haven't watched a game lately, the crowds have been in full throat, and they're excited about Milwaukee Bucks basketball. So get in on all the action by subscribing, by listening to Locked on Bucks. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. All right, let's get to Alex. Those of you who listen to talk radio, sports talk radio, Milwaukee will recognize him. You can find him at Alex Patakis on Twitter, P-E-T-A-K-A-S. You can listen to the Acme Packing Company podcast. Go to acmepackingcompany.com for that. Alex and, and Ben and Zach, they do a great job. So there's always room for more Packers content. They do a weekly show. It's a little bit longer. Carve out some time for that. I highly recommend it. And I'm even on it sometimes. So check that out. Let's bring in Alex Patakis. Alex, thanks for joining Locked on Packers. Absolutely. What's going on, man? All right. So obviously we have to talk a little bit about Brett Hundley right off the top. So where were you before Sunday's game against the Bears in terms of your confidence level in Brett Hundley, in terms of what you thought of him as a quarterback? Like where was your where was your Brett Hundley meter? Um, it's funny because I think right after the Aaron Rodgers injury, my Brett Hundley meter was at its highest. And then it just slowly <laughs> declined <laughs> um, as we as we got to see two games of Brett Hundley having time to prepare. Um, but I I say like I, I would I would think that they play enough teams that also have bad quarterbacks where I'm confident enough in him just being able to not make 
mistakes. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where that puts me. I, I mean, like a, <laughs> a some degree of confidence, but not really like over the moon thinking, oh, this is a backup who can come in and you don't really have to change anything. I think I originally thought, oh, they should keep running their offense. Um, and then as I saw how he was just clearly not equipped to do, not everyone is going to, no one's going to touch Aaron Rodgers, but just not even really come close to the type of level of play you would expect from Rodgers. And I think slowly my, uh, my confidence in him has declined at least before yesterday. Yeah. It's interesting because I thought before, before Sunday, his best game was against Minnesota, which is kind of weird. And cause he threw three picks, but he played freely in that game. And it seemed like he played with confidence in that game. And I actually think, Brett Hundley's confidence in Brett Hundley was at its highest in the Minnesota game. I agree. He didn't didn't quite play as well. I think so. A lot of the discussion, I said this on yesterday's show, a lot of the discussion around him is about his processing. And that's sort of a, a jargony word to talk about, you know, how quickly he reads and reacts to stuff. I actually don't think it's a processing thing with him. I think it's a, a decision-making thing. I think he just, he's, he's sometimes hesitant to make decisions and so he's late on throws and late to react to stuff. And then you couple that with the the happy feet in the pocket and you've got a, a mess, right? I, I think if I'm right, he'll play better next week because theoretically the Bears game should give him some confidence. If I'm wrong, he'll revert and play like crap. So I don't I, I don't know what to what to feel about what happened on Sunday. What do you feel about what happened on Sunday? Um, so first, I, I just want to say I totally agree about your um, your assessment of his play against the the Vikings, and I think in a weird way, them not being able to tailor an offense to him, and I don't know, know what this says about your coach when when you put it this way, but them not being able to tailor an offense to him and him just having to come in and play the Rodgers offense led to probably the best results. Um, they were throwing the ball downfield. They were throwing the ball in the boundary a lot more. And I agree with you. I, I went back and I watched and I've only been able to watch like the condensed version again today of, of the Bears game. Um, but even aside from the fourth quarter in that game, I I can't really truly understand why there were some times that he just hung on to the ball, why there were some times that he seemed so unsure of making a throw, almost like he's like seeing ghosts. Um you know, there was a couple of times I thought that they were getting the quick game going and then he would kind of hold the ball an extra second. I know there was that out route to Devontae Adams that like nearly got undercut. That was kind mm-hmm. of one of them. I mean, these are like quick developing plays that I feel like the ball should just be coming out right away. And guys are open. And, um, you know, he made a couple of plays with his feet. But at the same time, I also thought like his pocket presence and his ability to escape the pocket seems like it took a hit. Some of that might have been his hamstring injury. Um, so I'm kind of confused at how to feel, but then the fourth quarter came along and it was like, wait a second, you know, you saw him make the deep ball that the dagger to, to Devonte Adams, um, you know, up the sideline, which was a throw he made the previous week that Adams dropped and he get, you know, you saw him make the touchdown throw to Adams. And then he gives you like these little bits, um, these little glimpses of, to make you feel confident that he can do that. But I don't know where that is for the first three quarters and really the previous two weeks, um of play from him it's 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 confusing because i don't really know like what 
what what he's what he's seeing like uh, why his why his feet are bad like that should be a strength of his it's it's very confusing to me i had greg jennings on the show last week and i, I don't say that to name drop i say that because he mentioned something that I had sort of forgotten about, and that is that early in Aaron Rodgers' career, he did a lot of these things where he held onto the ball too long, he took sacks, and he would turn down, he still does this sometimes, he'll turn down checkdowns to extend and create plays down the field. And I think a lot in the same way that Rodgers picked up some of Brett Favre's bad gunslinging habits Brett Hundley has picked up some of those habits from Rodgers and and he's just not as talented. And so he wants to create down the field. And so he's like, there are a couple of times, like you said, where he just, he has Randall Cobb on an, on, you know, just like a simple out and, and looks him off. He's got Adams and he's just late to get there and, and throws what is nearly a pick. So, you know, the hope would be that, that he can make some progress there. We're going to have more with Alex in just a second, but I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. Go to iTunes, leave your name and a review on this podcast, and if you put your Twitter handle in it, you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription, a $39.99 value. You can get access to player grades, tools, NFL draft content, fantasy content, daily fantasy content. No one breaks down the game into more levels of minutia than Pro Football Focus. And all you need to do to have a chance to have access to all that data is put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast. We almost couldn't make it easier. So do that and get in on all the fun with Pro Football Focus. And you're supporting the podcast at the same time. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One-up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. That comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See FuelRewards.com slash Fuel Your Fandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. All right, now back to Alex. The other thing that I think has to be encouraging from the Bears game is the defense came to play. Devon House didn't play well, but the rest of the team played awesome. Five sacks, 10 tackles for loss. And guess what? They played man coverage. What a surprise. They play better when they play a less passive form of defense. Yeah, and and I, I and I think a big part of that is um obviously it's just coming in there's not as many matchup problems but you almost wish that even when they are playing a more talented offense they would just simplify things and let kevin king try to make plays covering a receiver rather than playing complicated zone coverages or combo coverages um 
I, I think one thing that was awesome is coming into this game, we kind of knew that the Bears would run the ball and that that is kind of their bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of babying Mitchell Trubisky at, to some degree. Like the, like the Packers had been the previous few weeks with with Brett Hundley. So you're not going to run the ball in Green Bay if they know the run's coming. Like you, you Green Bay is like a team now that you you pass to set up the run if you want to try to establish the run because their defensive front is so good. And they were kind of as dominant as you would expect, which was great. And I also agree. I, I love the secondary play. I mean, Devon House just kind of looked slow. Like he looked like the way I think like an old guy would look in that weather. Like, and he's not that old, but like aside from him, I even thought Demarius Randall played pr- fairly well. Um, I thought Josh Jones played pretty well, and I thought Kevin King played really well. And you almost wish that Capers would just give them an opportunity, like to just line up and play, you know, two man um, or play cover one, whatever it might be, and and just take a like take a chance at letting them get beat because they're beating themselves a lot when they're playing these ridiculous, complicated schemes. So. Um, I was encouraged by that, and I'd be interested to see if that carries over into a game against Baltimore, where they Baltimore definitely has a lot of team speed, but they don't have, I you know they they don't have like that alpha dog receiver where I feel like you have to game plan towards that guy. Like they have more of an offense. I I would think similarly um, to this week, just line up, play the coverage, and let's go. Like make plays. Um, so I'm hoping that carries over this week. The thing that that you mentioned that's been really interesting about the development of this defense is they've been able to stop the run when they know they have to. And that's not something that we've been able to say about this team the last couple of years. Like they are 11th in DVOA against the rush on defense. I bet that number is going to get better after this week when they allow 17 carries for 55 yards, most of which came on really just two runs by Jordan Howard. When they know that a team has to play a certain way and they have to run the ball, they haven't been able to. And even Detroit, I mean, I think they ran 30 times and couldn't run it. They just kept running it. And it's a, a little amazing. It's sort of they sort of have the inverse problem the offense has is you'd think a team that runs or stops the run this well would be able to also because they're they're keeping the offense in disadvantageous positions to get stops but they weren't against Detroit the offense conversely you think you would think a team that runs the ball as well as they have and they've run the ball for over four yards of carry in every Brett Hundley game so far this year that they'd be able to create a better passing game and they just haven't been able to do that but to your point I think if if they're able to play man coverage a coverage that suits them then maybe we will see better play And, and I love the point that you made about Baltimore because who who scares you on that offense? I mean, anyone? anyone? Not really. I mean, like I said, they do have some team speed and that, you know, speed speed kills everyone. And um, I say this all the time, but it like especially kills the Packers. But uh, you do have some young players now who are gifted enough where like I would love to see Kevin King be thrown out on an island. Um, I'm I'm down for that. Like and. Not to mention the fact that, um, you know, I, I also feel like this coming week is a chance for them to get a couple of takeaways because, I mean, Joe Flacco is he he's he's going to take some chances <laughs> um, against uh, against this team. And and I feel like 
the Packers have some young playmakers who are, who are close to kind of having that breakthrough game. And I know that might sound really optimistic as, as much as I don't love having to go up against the Ravens defense this week, I, I really like the idea of a Packers defense at home, getting some takeaways, kind of getting their groove back and getting some confidence um, as they head into some really, really important games now that they're right in the thick of things in this in this crazy NFC playoff race. I've I haven't asked the question outright yet, so I just will. Where are you on the fire capers bandwagon? Um, I, look, I I don't I don't think that we're just knowing the way the Packers operate. Um, I don't think we're like one bad game. You know, I don't think we're Joe Flacco lining them up for four hundred yards. And, you know, Mike Wallace or Rashad Perryman, one of those guys, or Macklin, like they have a lot of speed. I don't know who's healthy exactly right now. Um, I don't think we're like those guys having a big game away from Capers being fired. I just don't see it happening midseason if you are indeed in the midst of a playoff race. If they were totally out of it, I would say like it could happen. Um, but if this if this season plays out um, in a way where, they miss the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back. Hundley's just kind of meh. And their defense continues to get beat up um, and be sometimes the reason they lose. Like even in games, let's say, where Hundley is kind of a game manager and their defense just can't get stops. Then I would think that there's a realistic chance that, you know, they might call it Capers just walking away and, and retiring finally. Um but I would think that there's a pretty good chance that that happens. Me personally, I'm I'm on board with it. Um, I think you have some really, really good position coaches. And I don't think they necessarily have to go out of house if they want to promote a defensive coordinator. Now, that's a little bit tricky because would a Joe Witt or a Darren Perry or somebody run an identical scheme to Capers? I don't really think so. Um, I, I guess my thing is I think it's realistic because the more and more these beat writers and everyone like you and I, and, and the people who are just basically always, you know, talking about how this scheme is too complicated. It, it always stems from like a re- the Packers players are talking about this. Like, I don't, I don't think there's any, I don't think this is a made up narrative just on like Twitter crazies who are, who are kind of just calling for people's heads. This is something that came up years ago when Tremont Williams brought it up in the locker room. There is a legitimate, like, I mean, there is legitimacy to the fact that they're consistently young team that runs one of the most complicated schemes ever. And the more and more these young players like realize that and realize they're being made to look bad when in reality they like they have a lot of physical gifts, um, the more likely I think it is to happen because they're not one thing they're not going to do is get rid of all of these guys who they spent high draft capital on. Okay. So instead they're going to have to hire somebody who's going to coach to those, their strengths. Cause you can't hire an entire new secondary. So I think it's a legitimate chance. I do too, but I also think it's interesting because this year, I mean, I know Matthew Stafford just lit them up. And so we have this sort of recency bias, but the defense has been Okay. The the Falcons game was tough and Dak Prescott played well in Dallas. But like if you look at the numbers, Green Bay defensively, they're a top 10 run defense. And they're they're in the, the low 20s in terms of passing defense. But overall, they're sort of in the mid to high teens. They're an average to slightly below average defense. And if you go on Packers Twitter you would think that this team was the was like 0 and 16 
that this that they couldn't stop anyone. They're giving up 40 points a game. They're going to set every record for yardage. And I just think like, why, why can't we just, after a, a, a game where the Packers defense plays well, why can't we just say the Packers defense plays well and also believe that maybe it's time that we have a new voice in the room? Like, why are those things mutually exclusive? Yeah, I I agree. And they did play really well. And I don't want to make it sound like um, they didn't. And honestly, I mean, if they're competitive for the rest of the year, the defense is going to be a huge reason why. And I would have loved to see what we would be saying if Rodgers were healthy and the Packers were um, sitting at eight and one or seven and two and clearly looking like a team um, who's going to be competing for home field advantage, even if the defense has played exactly the same. Um, Because... The, I think like the, the the impending doom that a lot of us feel like because we don't have Rogers and we feel so desperate and helpless, which I s- still don't think we should, um, is a is is just kind of adding fuel to the fire of like, well, let's just change this, rip the bandaid off. I'm done with it. This year is a waste. If Rogers were healthy, like imagine what 31 other fan bases would be thinking if the Packers were maybe had the best record in football. Uh, and we're sitting here talking about getting rid of our defensive coordinator because, you know, we went a week and a half without forcing a punt. Then would anyone, absolutely anyone, want to play this team with Aaron Rodgers? Like, no, you just all right, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. So let's not <laughs> let's not do this to ourselves. I, I have tried to stay away from all of the well, if this team had Aaron Rodgers, look at how good they because they would they beat eight they'd be eight and one or seven and two. Like I, I'm trying not to do it to ourselves, but. Um, tell, tell the good people where they can find more of, of what you put out into the world. Sure. So, uh, you can, uh, check out the APC podcast, which is, um, either you can go to acmepackingcompany.com. There'll be a link, um, uploaded pretty much every Tuesday evening or Wednesday morning for the podcast. So just go to the podcast page there. Um, otherwise we all have smartphones, whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, iTunes, whatever it might be, find uh, the APC podcast. That's where um, Zach, Ben, and I talk about the Packers. Um, and then on Twitter, at Alex Patakis, you can get me there as well. Although I've been trying to tweet in-game less to, uh, to watch more football because I feel like what ends up happening is I am paying as close attention to Twitter as football. So I'm trying to get better at that. But throughout the week, um tweeting about the packers there as as well yeah i don't know if i can do that if i can tweet less during the game (laughs) it's an addiction man i'm really proud of myself that i've like kind of weaning off of it a little bit it's taken a lot i'm proud of you i uh i do not have the willpower alex thanks for coming on lockdown packers absolutely thanks a lot man Again, I want to thank Alex for joining us here on Locked on Packers. You can find the Acme Packing Company podcast at acmepackingcompany.com. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Patakis. All those guys do a really great job. They do a great work. They work hard to bring you good content. I hope, as always, you support good content. All right, we're going to have Opponent Wednesday tomorrow and then more the rest of the week. It is Packers-Ravens in, in a rare, I would say, interconference game that has vast implications. The Ravens are fighting for a wild card spot in the AFC. Packers fighting for one in the NFC. So this is a critical game for Green Bay. I overuse that word on the podcast, I know. But this is, let's go with crucial. It's important. It's huge. Titanic. Gargantuan. It's enormous. It is vital that the Packers win this game on Sunday. And if they do, 
They get to six and four with a game against the Browns. They could be seven and four heading into a primetime matchup with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who at no point this season have looked like a world beater despite their record. The season is all there in front of the Packers. They just have to seize it. And the stories out of Green Bay with Brett Hundley, the team has rallied around him in a way they didn't in 2013 with Tolzien or Wallace or Matt Flynn. This team is ready to go. it, It can't be understated what those throws in the fourth quarter did, not just for Brett Hundley's confidence, but the team's confidence in him. And this could change the paradigm for the Packers season. We'll see. We don't know if it will, but it could. But that means we have so much more to talk about ahead of this Sunday matchup at Lambeau, which means you need to stay locked on Packers.